When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Right everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 213 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. Getting right into this one, discussing Aberdeen 1, Celtic 1, and yep, more drop points as usual. It's myself, Stevie, and I'm joined by Rizzo, the man who uh, predicted Celtic would not win all three games this week in what is the fixture list from hell. And Rizzo, I'm not saying you're exactly proud about it, but you did call it. Um, I've got to put my hands up and say I've had far too much faith in this Celtic team. In reputation alone, really, nothing to do with logics, but you did say, certainly to myself privately, that you didn't want to put up a negative prediction of one each on the Instagram, even though deep down you knew that we probably wouldn't win at Pretodri. You said it would be 2-1 for the first horror game of three. Hey, hello everyone. No, I didn't want to say on a Rizzo Predicts, the new feature on the Instagram, that I thought we would drop points because I thought, I don't want to start it. We are a bad result, but no, it yesterday didn't shock me. The biggest shock was that we dominated the first half so much, but I mean, we couldn't take our chances, same old story. Defence was pitiful and we just were playing boring horseshoe football and it's really just... The the last week's really been a perfect storm at Celtic Park. Everybody's annoyed. They're annoyed at the board. They're annoyed at the people that are in charge of buying players and they're annoyed at Brendan and the players and really unless it's like fixed very, very quickly and I have my doubts this season could practically be all over I mean a week today yeah it's no exaggeration especially with St Mirren and the Scottish Cup they're just coming off the back yeah 3-0 win at Easter Road uh, remind me again John where do we go next we go Easter Road Stevie where of course Brendan has never won as manager would you believe and normally you'd think oh gone to a team struggling so bad that'll that'll give say like a boost but that didn't work at Petodium when we were playing an Aberdeen team without a manager so no, I'm not looking forward to Wednesday at all, or indeed Sunday. But we will still have our podcast, of course, next Sunday at least, for, for you wonderful listeners. If we need to suffer, you need to suffer. <laughs> Getting into the team, um, it pretty much picked itself, didn't it, John? I saw some shouts, people saying Odin Holm should maybe start instead of Bernardo, who's been on the slide recently. But you always knew that it was going to be that exact same team, that exact lineup, skills alongside Narotsky. 
Alistair Johnson, you knew he was going to be starting. Burnaby was always going to be playing at left back. The shouts for uh, Liam Scales to be at left back as well. And I think that's maybe something I would think about for Wednesday, to be honest. Um, I would actually have no problem with putting in Stephen Welsh for the start on Wednesday. We'll probably come on to that later on, John. But I, the, the team was always going to pick itself. And that's largely a problem at Celtic to now. It's just how, I mean, just how stale that is. We were crying out for new players to come in, crying out for freshness. Uh, we did get a slight scent of it. Of course, Adam Eda and uh, Nicholas Kuhn were on the bench. They came on and combined for the goal that we got yesterday, but you're just looking at that squad and, John, if we can figure it out as fans, like, the opposition are going to be able to figure that out pretty easy. It, just looking at it, practically like holding back my yawns, it's a very tired, boring-looking team. Um, and I'm absolutely, well, I'm not stunned, that's a lie, but I really am uh, majorly, majorly disappointed. And I'm holding back again more so that that board didn't see what we use fancy and throw some money into investing in that team, especially when the manager and Callum McGregor have been screaming out for it. And that's what you got yesterday. I mean, when you've got the manager and you've got the players screaming out for quality and improvement and investment. If you're not going to get it, that's the type of results that you're going to be getting and performances you're going to be getting like we saw yesterday. They ran out of ideas after about 65 minutes or so. Uh, and the, the sad thing is, I can see more of the results coming this season. Especially now, that's all we've got to play with. I know we've got CCV and we've got Hitati and Maeda coming back as well. But let's not forget, like Brendan, the way he manages players after injuries has caused these problems with CCV as well. I've said this umpteen times to you, certainly privately, I've never maybe said it on here, but I just think Brendan's very irresponsible, and I think he's negligent in the way he handles players coming back for injury, that's why CCV's in the state he is, I think when Hitati comes back as well, we might be in a state that we're so desperate for creativity and invention in midfield, that we're going to end up rushing him back, when he's not 100% fit, and I would not be shocked if he gets another injury again. It's just the type of season I think we're having, where one thing after another is going wrong. And as much as I'm sitting here, and I think the people running Celtic should be removed for their positions, not just at the end of the season. Immediately, I think every one of them are completely to blame for the state that we're in. Like You've got to also... I think the manager's got to also shoulder some responsibility for this as well, John. Yeah, I mean, obviously the board are doing a poor job. They won't see that way. They'll think, you've won 11 titles at the last 12. They'll even think... If we don't win the league this season, why are you complaining? We've won 11 out of the last 13. We know the way they think. They're, they're conservative capitalists in, in every aspect of the world. And obviously, Celtic would be better off if, like I said, Demet Desmond, Peter Lowell, Mark Lowell, Michael Nicholson all left the club as soon as possible. We need fresh ideas. But, I mean, we know that's not going to happen. But, I mean, we're talking about the squad there. That squad should still be good enough to be ahead in the league. I mean, we've dropped 14 points this season and none of them have been to Rangers. Our title challengers, we've dropped none against Rangers and dropped 14 in the rest. I mean, that just says it all about this team and this squad. And whilst understandable everybody's getting torn into the board and there was like anti-board banners yesterday, I think really Brendan has been getting away with it to an extent because the football we are playing is so, so boring. I mean, okay, first half we played decent yesterday, but we only really had, I'd say, two real chances. The goal that was disallowed after Abada missed that chance in the first five minutes, and then that Palmer shot over the bar. I mean, maybe Bernardo's was a half chance where he hit the top of the bar. But that was who was dominating the game. And really, we didn't create enough chances. And then second half, after we get the goal, okay, O'Reilly had that deflected effort off the post, but really, second half, Aberdeen had the better chances, and Joe Hart saved us. 
And the biggest problem for me is, and I say that in, in uh, good old Maulers, is how ridiculously slow we play. The build-up is so, so slow. I mean, I don't want to be critical of Liam Scales because he's had a good season, but it, him getting the ball and defence and taking an absolute age to bring the ball forward, that is just giving the opposition the chance to regroup and it makes it so hard for them to break down. And obviously that's what Brendan wants to do. He really just has got the team playing slow, disjointed football. And I think that by the time we play on Wednesday, we're going to be said in the league. I mean, we're three points behind Rangers. Three points ahead of Rangers. Better for they slip. They've got a game in hand. They're playing Aberdeen on Tuesday, and I think they'll absolutely hammer them, like 4 or 5 0. And then they'll be ahead of us and go different. We'll be under so much pressure to go Easter Road, where Brendan has never won his match. And imagine that. I mean, we've slagged off the likes of Neil Lennon on this podcast, and rightfully so, because he was a poor manager for us at times. But, I mean, he didn't have a mental block about going to places like Easter Road and Rugby Park, the way Brendan has, who's paid 60 grand a week, 3 million a year. So, no, I mean, obviously the board are rightfully getting criticised, but for me, Brendan is just as much to blame. And if at the end of the season we don't win anything, or we don't win the league, then I think Brendan has to take as much blame as the board. I don't know if he will, because I really think that it's the board that are getting all the real criticism. But, I mean, Brendan's nowhere doing anything near good enough. 14 points dropped. As to the the sort of Diddy teams, I'd say, is a good enough. In fact, just to, to sum up yesterday, if I look at the stats, first half, we had 13 attempts in goal. Second half, we had nine, and Aberdeen had seven. And Aberdeen had none in the first half. But all in all, 22 shots in goal, only four in target. 71% possession. So we've got lots of the ball, and we're doing nothing with it. And really, that's on Brendan. This team, the majority of this team, won the treble last year. Alright, we've lost Adam Moy, we've lost Jota. But no, he's as much to blame as the board. But I think all the focus to now will be on the board. I mean, I've seen other podcasts like going on about the board, but really I think Brendan's getting off the hook to an extent. I know that yesterday as well, um, we tested out our new microphones and when we were in the pub. At times yesterday, when we were talking away, we were maybe not going on about the game itself. I think we spent about maybe, what, 90% of it just going on about the situation Celtic are in, neglecting to even talk about the shambles, which was the Bojan Mioski goal. <laughs> Imagine that, no paying a few million pounds for him, no getting a recognised centre forward that scored goals. What a great laugh that was. Great decision again, that. I, I could just see, it was like watching that in slow motion. I could see that coming. As soon as he got that ball and Notsky's backing off and backing off. If you backed off another couple of minutes, he would have been in the stands with the Aberdeen fans behind that goal. Put him on to his right. It was the fact that he let him cut inside. and It's a good finish, but it's, it's the type of, you know, it's the type of goal, actually, that, see when Scott Sinclair was here, he did that time and time again, where I would see him running pretty much unchallenged against, like, your Inverness's, yeah, Motherwell's, they'd have a fullback and a defender just backing off, refusing to challenge. Scott Sinclair just running, running, running at them, cutting inside and scoring. Mioski had a similar type of goal at that this season. He scored one against Rangers as well, although it was like a first-time finish with his left foot. So we should know, we should be doing the scouting, that he's got a very dangerous left foot. Look at his goal that was disallowed against Hearts at Tynecastle 2, John. Like if you let him cut inside and get on to his left... He's got a very good chance of scoring and punishing you, and there's just no due diligence done there at all. That's what I was saying, watching that game. Just put him on his right, get him on his right, and then get Hart and Arrow on the angle. We couldn't do it. Uh, and then he makes it 1-0. Just so amateur, but the way that that goal came about beforehand, Burnaby tries to play it into Bernardo right. Now, the Aberdeen defender cuts it out, 
and then see before the ball is played down the line in Mioski, John, watch it. Just the wee like, sort of snidey in-game tactics where he could have easily brought him down there for a foul. Bernardo has the perfect opportunity just to like sort of foul the player there to stop that ball coming down the line. Doesn't do it. He actually gets out the Aberdeen player's way. It's, it's, it's so bad, you've got to see it back. I don't know if you have. But he lets that ball come down the line and then the defending, you know, from Narotsky... The fact that Scales doesn't get across to cover quick enough as well. It's totally shambolic. And I didn't see, as I say, I didn't see any of the replays when we were in the pub because my head was in my hands just at how bad that was. And when I was watching it back in YouTube last night, there's so many criminal elements. Before that ball's in the net, all the way from Burnaby, all the way up that pitch, he doesn't even break a gut to get back and defend it. He's like jogging back. Bernardo not fouling a man in the way that Narotsky and Scales defend it. It's poor. I know you were saying we could uh, maybe move Liam Scales to left back, but I don't think we can because I think that uh, Naroki has to get dropped because that was, for Wednesday, that was so, so bad yesterday. I mean, he really could have got sent off. I know we're always talking about how the referees are against Celtic, but that referee did us a favour yesterday because Naroski easily could have got a second yellow and there would have been no complaints. And he really was powerful for that goal. It was really poor. I thought he was poor against Rangers when he came on. I mean, I know people... Gave him big licks because I think he'd done one tackle. But, I mean, he gave away that stupid free kick for uh, the goal that they scored. And I don't think he's a good player at all. So, that's like £8 million we've spent in two centre-backs. One we tried to get rid of. And then we cancelled the transfer at the last minute. And the other one isn't good enough. In fact, none of them are good enough recently. So, that's £8 million, I think, doing the drain. Congratulations to the, the Celtic Transfer Committee. Another job well done. But... No, the goal, I have watched it again. I thought it was like partly a good finish by Mioski, but also really a bad play buzz. I mean, I know you're saying about signing Mioski, but then would we get the best of him? Because we don't get the best out of Kyogo, and I think that's that's partly him, and I, but I really think it's just the style of football that Broge wants to play. And really, I mean, like him dropping back yesterday for Ida just didn't really work. I actually thought Ida done no well, and I thought Kuhn done okay as well with that deflected goal. But, I mean, in the past, you would expect a Celtic team to go all out to get that that winning goal but I mean we created that O'Reilly shot off the post a couple of minutes later but then that was it Aberdeen needed better chances Shinny had that one that Joe Hart saved and then they had another one where the guy uh, put it over the bar when he was really had only the guy in the line to beat a Celtic defender in the line so they had the better chances to win so no, nothing really functioning at Celtic the transfer window was a joke as we all expect it to be I can only see the season ending in catastrophe if we don't hurry up and get it sorted. Because I don't see us winning on Wednesday, and I don't know if we'll win on Sunday. And if we, if, we're, if we end up three points behind Rangers, and well, if we end up being like aye, three points behind Rangers and they've got a game in hand, and we're at the Scottish Cup, I mean, we've still got like 12, 13 games to go, but are we going to win all the games? No, let's be realistic here. And really, it's a bit time that the people at Celtic knocked their heads together and had a crisis meeting or something and said, if you don't get this sorted. Remember Dermot Days when he had to fly over for uh, playing golf, take a break for playing golf and come and have a word with a wonderful board and a wonderful management team and uh, try and sort out what was happening because it's just, if he cares enough, that's because it's just, it's one to pieces. And I mean, even Cal McGregor, he has to do more. I thought he was invisible yesterday, as he often is when things are going wrong. Nobody's playing well. And I mean, I did predict it. I did say it. Uh, with a 3 out of 10 chance of winning. And really, I mean, Hibs are a bad joke. They get hammered at home by St. Mung yesterday. But I don't think we'll beat them on Wednesday. And I think that says it all about us. So, it's just unbelievable that two years after 
or three years, or a couple of years after like the catastrophe of the COVID season, we're, we're practically back to there. I mean, it's not as bad as that yet, but it's getting there. If we don't hurry up and get it sorted, and I've got no confidence I'll get sorted. What a, what a scenario, what a wonderful club Celtic are. The subject to talk about now is momentum, and th- there's none with Celtic. Like, you look at the fans, I mean, the fans are... Like screaming out, protesting against the board, and they've got every right to do so. I fully agree with them. Some players are getting it in the neck as well. And if you even look, like, I hate doing it, but if you, I don't really see it a lot in the stands and everything. But if you look online, the fans are at each other's throats. Like, some fans are pro board, some fans are like completely anti board. The majority should be anti board anyway. But you've got fans just sort of fighting each other and everything, and there's, there's just no harmony at Celtic to now. The man, there's a total disconnect between the manager and the board and after what happened in the, the, the two transfer windows, I've got no doubt about it, no matter what Brendan tries to say to put on a front about it. I mean, the players must be feeling it as well. You saw in the last couple of games, Matt O'Reilly, who has just been enjoying his football um, for most of these games this season, just looks as if he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders with all this expectation now. You compare what's happening now over the road at Ibrox and they're all just going in one direction. Like all the fans are completely united. Their manager and their, you know, as you say, John, you said it before, they've got a board that actually give a fuck about their team and our football men. What you see the best for the club. So they're all pulling in the right direction. And despite what you want to say about them, they seem to have a competent manager who knows how to get the most out of his team. I think Brendan still is a very talented manager, but he's he's definitely not getting the most out of a Celtic team. He's actually taking some players backwards and he's ruining them. Case in point with Kyogo again, again yesterday and getting back onto the momentum part of it, John, that's what worries me. When I look at the fixtures they've got coming up, they've got like, some free hits for the next sort of, three or four games, all at Ibrox, and you know, we've got to go Easter Road, Got to go to St Mirren in the Cup. The big one is for me, 17th of February, when we play Kilmarnock. You're going to start laughing here, but I think that's going to be a problem for us as well. Kilmarnock has shown how they can play against us and how they can take points off us. They've already beat us in the league, put us out of the Cup. And you remember in that 3-1 game, John, back in October when Hitati was excellent, Kilmarnock were actually really good. Uh, they got it back to 2-1 and they put us under pressure for about 10-15 minutes before Taylor scored against the run of play to make it 3-1. We both said that at the time. We then have to go to Motherwell a couple of weeks later. We're away to Hearts. You know, and then we've got to play St. Johnson, who we've played before at home, and they'll just put every man behind the ball. Made it hard for us as well for about, what, 60 minutes when we went to McDermott Park, and that's before we played Rangers at Ibrox. So that's what I fear. The fact that I think we're losing momentum at this stage of the season, and Rangers have got pretty much all of it. Do you agree with that? Do you feel the same way I do? Yes, and we've talked about that off pod. I mean, we've got nine games in the league to play before the split. We've got the Scottish Cup tie. I'm not confident about any of them. I mean, even Dundee at home, I'm not confident. Livingston away, Livingston a joke, but I'm still not confident we'll get the win. I'm sure Mr Martin will have them right up for that. Eh? Like one last hurrah before they finally get relegated at the end of the season, like take points off us. He'd love that. No, I'm not confident in us winning any game. And you say that Brendan's still a good manager. I don't actually know if Brendan still is a good manager. I suppose the evidence for is that we've beat Rangers twice and that we've done relatively well but we were low standards in Europe this season. But so many other aspects, I don't know if he is still a good manager and I don't know if what happened at Leicester last season has sort of had a, a big effect on him because they should never have got relegated last season. And I know he wasn't in charge technically when they got relegated. But it was his fault, really, that they got relegated. 
So I don't know if that's an effect on him. And the other problem is, what actually happened during the winter break? It's like a reversal when Steven Gerrard used to have Rangers in a position to challenge, and then they went away, and then after the winter break, they were terrible. I mean, we were the brilliant before the winter break, but we had won four games in a row, and with that one over Rangers, and then we'd won our best performances of the season, which is a low bar against St Mirren away, a game that we thought would be difficult. And then since we came back, okay, we beat Bucky Thistle, but we're always going to. But then last week, really poor against Ross County, deflected goal. Yesterday, really poor for the most part against Aberdeen, deflected goal. That's two goals we've only scored in the last two games, have both been deflections, and we've had so much possession and no really a clue what to do with it. So I don't actually know if Brendan is a good manager anymore. And my other bit of evidence is, as I've said, we've dropped 14 points this season, and none of them have been, none of the points have been against Rangers. Who do you expect? The team that we would drop points to, because, I mean, they are our only challengers, let's be real here. I mean, we're rubbish this season, but we're still, like, 13 points ahead of Hearts. We're still miles ahead of every other team. So, we shouldn't be dropping so many points to the other sites. I mean, it's never acceptable to drop points against Rangers, but, I mean, let's say you draw Ibrox, like, okay, fair enough. Always been a hard place to play. So, I don't actually know if Brendan is a good manager anymore, and the football just isn't good at all, and... I said it in the pod the other day, really the best thing that could happen is that we somehow win the league and at the end of the season there's a, a break and every decision maker at Celtic, including the manager, leaves at the end of the season and we have a, okay, we need to have a rebuild, but at least it'd be for a position of strength. Whereas what I think will happen is I think we'll have a rebuild for a, a position not a strength in the summer, but I mean at least we've got that £60, £70 million, pound, which of course was put away for a, a rainy day. But no, I don't know if Brendan actually is a good manager anymore. What, what do you think about that? Do you want a chance to go to the most appealing game in town? Dr. Pepper is giving away four tickets to the games at Huntington Park on May 24th, 25th, or 26th. If that isn't sweet enough, the lucky winners will be invited to the Pepsi Party Deck to view the games with free food and beverages. The time is ripe to enter. For your chance to win, visit a Kroger near you or drpepperbaseball.com. That's drpepperbaseball.com and fill out the entry form. Don't miss your chance to take your bunch to a game. Enter today. Certainly the big games this season. The win over Rangers, yeah, we said it um, back in September. A lot of that was down to the fact that they were so negligent. Uh, Michael Beal and his tactics played a large part in that, but we still had to credit the manager and those players. They got the win. We know fans said at Ibrox, hard thing to do, and we did that. The game, I would say, it's Celtic Park against them. I thought we were the better team, although for the last 20 minutes... Like you can see, I've seen a lot of their fans say it was those last 20 minutes that gave them the hope getting into the rest of the season because of how they pinned us back and how we were on the ropes. And I can see that side of it too, but I think Celtic still deservedly won the game. Although I remember thinking at that, it was very, very alarming that when Rangers went down to 10 men, how he just fell off a cliff after it. But regardless, I still gave the manager and the team credit. We did it on here and I did it in the pub after the game as well. I think the, the bigger games this season though, that Brendan's actually, you know, he's taking the team to Tynecastle, an excellent performance, 1-4-1, one, one, right? I'm just talking domestically now. Uh, Livingston earlier in the season, down to 10 men, we navigated that really well, and I know Martindale was an idiot, and I know Livingston are pathetic, but you know how much we struggled there in the past? Uh, I think we've managed to go over it initially with Ange, and certainly we've carried on to having no problem there with the way that Brendan set us up that game. I thought, again, that was good management from him, especially down to 10 men. We just, we've seen that game out very well. But then you look at Brendan, his first season, John, it was time and time again in 16-17 that everybody was eulogising him and I thought, 
that first season was a complete tapping. I'm going to be one of, I'm probably the 1% of Celtic fans, but you know, John, you've known me all that time, always said that season, uh, when Brendan came in the first season, this is a tapping, but it was still some success that he had to do a invincible treble, but I always thought that league um, was at its absolute weakest, certainly since the 13-14 season, and I didn't think there was ever going to be any problem, and you look at the state of Rangers in those three seasons too, my big concern when he came back was about how Rangers weren't anywhere near the joke club, or the joke team even, that they were when he first was here. And they sort of carried on to the point where they're now a very credible challenger. And I just don't know what I would think about Brendan Rodgers, you know, if he doesn't get this title over the line. Don't get me wrong though, he's been stitched up a belter by the board as well. Crying out big time for investment, crying out big time for quality. He's just not got enough of it and I think it's going to end up costing his join. And what I'm just very surprised at with him is why he's been... He's not been as vocal as, like, the fans. Like, when you saw the, the state of the business done in January... I did say, and I'm going to stick to my guns here on it, that if he didn't challenge it, and if he didn't call it out, he would be guilty and complicit in this entire shit show, and I'm going to stick with that. In terms of him being a good manager, I would still say he is, but this word that you hear branded out about uh, an elite manager, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Brendan Rodgers' days of being an elite manager are well and truly over to the point that if he did leave Celtic, say, next week, and there was a job going uh, bottom half, English Premiership team, I don't think he'd be anywhere near the running for that type of gig. I think those days for him have well and truly gone and I think the ship sailed so I think he's still a good manager but he's at a very critical point in his career where he needs to deliver this league and then build on that next season if he's going to be here. Um, if he is unsuccessful in that and this season's going to go down as a failure for him I don't, I don't know where his career goes after that. Maybe fuck Saudi Arabia or something because Realistically, the only players that he's actually improved at Celtic, who were here when Andrew was here, have probably been Matt O'Reilly and Liam Scales. Um, two players, and the rest of them have went backwards. And for me, that's the point where you can't really claim that he is anywhere near an elite manager anymore, John. No. And, I mean, I'm seeing... I'm looking up, like, news now, Celtic, you know, and all I'm seeing in blogs is, like, articles going on and on and on about the board. And understandable, because the board are pitiful, and they're doing a crap job. But Celtic should be good enough to get the League One with the squad we've got. Okay, we've got injuries, but I'm sorry, when you're at Celtic or Rangers, you kind of use injuries as an excuse in Scotland because you've got the biggest squads. And really, it's, we're nowhere doing anywhere near good enough. I mean, it all goes back really to that to that Hibs game when we drew nothing each, which I missed because, hey folks, I was in good old London. And you went on about how that was so bad. But we're still eight points clear. Granted, Rangers playing against Hearts the next day. And okay, Rangers went 2-1 and they got uh, a bit of help for good old VAR, their, their big secret weapon this season in the end. But really, we're still eight points clear. And we've let that slip and that is just pitiful. And that's on the manager. That's knowing Peter Lowell or his son or Dermot Desmond or Nic Michael Nicholson, or anybody else in the Celtic board, that's on the manager and the players. And they are failing this season. The board are failing as well, but the players and the management team are getting away with it, I think. And I, I don't say that I'm a bold apologist, because I'm certainly not. And the day that the likes of the Lowells leave Celtic, again, I'll be delighted, because really, they don't have a place in Celtic. They've been there too long. All the board at Celtic have been there too long, and they need, like, it's a bunch of old conservative and old men in every aspect of the world we need. We need new minds at Celtic. I mean, I can't see it happening anytime soon. 
But no, I'm never. I'll never defend the board. They're useless in any Celt- Any football fan really that defends their board isn't a real football fan. Really, the board are the enemy to football fans, and they always should be. And it's always been the case at Celtic. Now that I've said that, I'll not get invited for teen biscuits. So really, I I think that though, even though the board are a joke, as I've said constantly, Brendan is not doing it anywhere near good enough, and it's just a fact. We're dropping far too many points, and really, I think I can say. Like, if one performance you mentioned earlier, I think we've played consistently in the 90 minutes, and that was that one at Tynecastle. Everything else has been unconvincing at best. Even the wins against Rangers have been convincing. I think this game on Wednesday is so, so big. Just, I think it's our biggest league game for many years. It's no against Rangers. It's so big, because if we win it, I think it would show that we've still got something about us. And if we don't, then I think that's just... I know we can't write the season off, but I mean, for me, the season would be a write-off if we can't beat a terrible Hibs team. Even though I know we've got a bad record against them, surely, surely we'll win on Wednesday. And if we don't, really, I'd be happy with Brendan leaving after the game. I mean, it's not going to happen, but if he can't win this game on Wednesday, with what's on the line, that he shouldn't be Celtic manager. And there should be a clear to the players as well at the end of the season. But I don't know if we're going to win, which I think is a sad state of affairs. If we don't win that game on Wednesday, I think it's done. I think it's done. I think that will be the momentum well and truly away from us. They'll get such a lift. Let's forget. I mean, let's not forget. They'll probably be top of the league by the time we go to Easter Road as well. And I have said this season, if we drop down to second, I think we might find it very hard to get back on top and recover from. Now, we're only going to realistically be second Oh, I say realistically, but this is Easter Road we're talking about. We should only be second for like a night or so, and then back on top after that. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess we'll talk about Easter Road in a wee minute, John, uh, before we round this one up. But I, my main point was, it's mad to be in this position um, after we were talking about where we were in October. Remember, Rangers lost against Aberdeen. We beat Motherwell. I think 99% of Celtic fans and vast majority of Rangers fans at that moment, you would have thought, that's it, well and truly done and dusted. I'm not a complacent type of fan at all. You've known that, John. I'm very, very cautious. One of your typical one-game-at-a-time fans. Look at me under the and season as well. Like I, d- I deleted a post when we went nine clear because I just know how football is. Things can change very, very quickly. But back then, we had so much momentum in that season under Ange in the first season when... Rangers, I think, were seven points clear getting into the winter break. They dropped points up at Petaudry. Then at Ross County, we just kept winning. We just kept winning. The players get behind the manager. There was a real harmony. There was no disconnect to the club. We were all pulling in the same direction. Uh, and sadly, that's what I see Rangers doing this season uh, under Clement post-winter break. It feels like we're in the position they were in that Ange first season where it's a role reversal there in the type of position that we were in under Ange. That's how how it just looks to me and how it's playing out. I sincerely hope we can go Easter Road and get a result. But I just want to come on to this one very quickly, John, and give my uncle a bit of credit because I said to you yesterday and back at the start of November, I think at the time we were still eight points clear, and I said to you, I showed you a text that my uncle said to me when he said um, he thinks this title race is going to go down to the wire. Even then, he thinks that we might blow it. Now, no Celtic fan was even talking about blowing the league whatsoever, no Celtic fans thought about not being champions or Rangers even being anywhere near a contender it was just a a tap in for us, uh, I think you thought it too, 
several other Celtic fans did, but Munkle um, consistently has called it. I think the fact that he's probably one of the best football players I've seen, they didn't bother to go pro because he was too interested in following Celtic, a bit like the rest of us mugs. So I may take his opinion um, with a lot more value than others. But he did say it. Back before MD was talking about this being a title race, he did see that Rangers were going to come right back into it and the way we were playing it was going to catch up on us. But back in November, did you see any of this coming? Because you know exactly what I texted you when my uncle said to me. I remember that. I wasn't like over the top that we were going to win the league, but I mean, we were still miles clear. There was no way that we should have done what we've done. But then, I don't know, maybe I'm not that surprised because after we beat Hearts 4-1, which we both think is our best performance of the season, I was just a look. We've played 15 league games since and we've not won five of them. And that's not good enough, really, for Celtic. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. As I said before, I didn't expect it to unravel so quickly because we're only at the start of February and it seems to be unraveling. So no, I think your uncle was unfortunately correct there, but I didn't. I didn't expect it to go to pieces so quickly. Well, I know people won't like yes, but none of us are confident that we're going to win like the next two games. I don't know. I say like just a very strange club at times, and this is an example of that. This though would be one of your worst ever meltdowns. I mean, this would be even worse than like Golden Strike in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I've seen people compare this season to that season because we made a complete mess of the transfer window in January that season. But I mean, don't forget we still had the title in our hands going into the second last game, and if we'd managed to beat Hibs at Easter Road, my God, Hibs at Easter Road, then we would be like top of the league going into the last game. So, I mean, at least we took that to the last game. I mean, the way things are going, I kind of see this title race going around the other last game. So, this really would be one of the worst meltdowns in many a long year. So, I'm afraid your uncle might be right unless we fix this very, very, very quickly, i.e. in the next three days. Honestly, the 8 9 season, the moment I knew it was well and truly done, wasn't the three draws in our own February. I, I was in Barcelona on the 22nd of March 2009. We drew two each way, Dundee United... We were winning one now, and then that Sindaza scored a double, and we needed a late Lee Naylor goal. But I knew that we really needed to beat Dundee United. I think Rangers stayed in top then, and we followed it up with a couple of 4-0 wins before dropping more points uh, at Tynecastle. I just knew though that Dundee United one was going to be the one that killed us. But th- that was like it near the end of March. We're talking the now, the start of February, and I can't believe how much I do or die game this is on Wednesday. So we go Easter Road. My place where Brendan's never won before. We all know this story. Hibs have not won in the last five games. They've drew with Motherwell at Easter Road. Uh, they've got beat off Rangers there. And they've lost to Hartshead as well. And of course they lost 3-0 to St Mirren yesterday. So what usually happens, John, when teams are in horrific form and they go to play Celtic? They get a boost somehow and they go on to either defeat us or draw against us. So that's something to look forward to. But no, I mean, I'm just looking at Hibs' results here. It's actually like, six games without a win in the league. Some really bad results as well. I mean, the only game they've won in the last seven is against Forfa in the Scottish Cup. And I, for what I gather, they were very, very fortunate to win that. They're not a good team at all. But I'm still not a bit confident that we'll get the job done on Wednesday. Which is just a, a real comment on how poor Celtic are at the moment. I mean, would it shock you if Hibs won on Wednesday? Tell, tell the truth, like we always do. Would it surprise you if Hibs won on Wednesday? Seriously, it would shock me when I see just how bad that team are and the run they're on. It wouldn't shock me if it was a boring, tedious one each draw. I might even be a nil-nil. 
a draw or something would be what I'd bank it on the now with the way both teams are playing. But I, I, I would be, I would be shocked. I'd be stunned if Hibs got that one over us because they really are maybe the worst Hibs team I've seen since the 13-14 season, John. But I think one thing's for sure, Brendan's got to really change it up. I would not be playing a badder for this. In fact, you know what? Just got to shoot the now. I would change the front three completely. I would have Rocco Vata. I would play Nicholas Kuhn. And I'd play the boy either up front. Because right now, it's nothing's working with Palma, Kyogo and Abada. I know you say that Maeda could possibly be back. And do you know what? If he is, and if he's, if he's an option, fine. I don't know how fit he'll be for it though. Or... But then again, he did travel back for Japan to play like 10-15 minutes of the 3-0 game, didn't he? Uh, two years ago. So there is that to think about. But I, I don't know with Maeda. I think it might be too soon. I think Maeda's got to start 100% for the game against St Mirren in the Cup. Look at that run where we won four games in a row. Yes, that's now, that's now actually a big achievement for Celtic, by the way, this season. Four games in a row we won and Dizemaida started them all. So he certainly brings so much to that team in terms of getting us up the park quickly and giving us a bit of intensity because there's just none there without him. But we're not, I'd be shocked if we've seen him at Easter Road, John. If he's available, I'd play him on the left. I'd play Nicholas Kuhn and I'd play uh, either up front. Because to end in a bit of positivity, John, um, although the signing of either deep down is still pointless because we're, even if he does well for us, we're just putting him in the shop window for Norris to make more money. We're not going to buy him. He settled the goal well yesterday. Uh, a fantastic touch for Matt O'Reilly's effort when he hit the post with it. I would actually start him on Wednesday, see what he's all about um, and just be physical and direct with Hibs because it has to be a statement win for us tomorrow and that's just how bad it is at the start of February. A game against Hibs is pretty much a do or die statement win. My God, but do you agree about that front three? He's got to change it up for that one. Aye, I'd make changes. I'm just so bored with this team at the moment. It's boring. Football's boring. And I try it. Start Kuhn. I thought he'd done well yesterday. I thought he'd have done well as well. I'd start with him. I'd, I mean, I think Dyson will play. He's that important. And I think that'll be a big boost for us because he is such an important player for us and we have missed him, even though he's so inconsistent and is very annoying at times. So, I mean, I'd look to make the changes. I don't know if Braden's got the courage to do that. Unfortunately, I think... Def- the, well, there'll be one change in defence. I think the scales will... Co- I think the Welsh will come in for Naroki. I don't think they can move scales to left-back because we've not really got another centre-back. It's good enough to come in. So, Burnaby will have to start. I actually didn't think he was that terrible against Aberdeen. I mean, first half he was okay. Second half he was poor. I mean, and that's really good about his standards have not been terrible uh, he has to do something in midfield because that midfield three that everybody raved about last month is just no working now something's not right McGregor's not playing well as usual O'Reilly's went right off the boil in the last couple of games I mean I won't blame him that much because he's had an, or he's carried the team in his back for most of the season and Bernardo's not really playing well either so I'd be looking to change it in midfield but then I don't know who to bring in so, I mean, I really hope there's at least four or five changes made. I mean, that might be desperate stuff, but it's desperate times. And hopefully that makes a difference. But I'm no confident at all that we're going to win. What a, what a catastrophe this is. I won't ask you for a shoot prediction for it, John. You've already said to me for the week for hell that you gave it a 3 out of 10 for Celtic winning all three games and you're off to a flyer already. I just hope the fortunes change. Uh, I thought I just hope something changes for the game against Hibs, I really do. Depending on the result, I guess, there'll be a podcast or not. I mean, unless it's like a an all-timer, 
a hall of shamer. We'll have to get together and do like, I hate using that emergency podcast part, it's fucking embarrassing, but we'll have to get together and discuss something, depending on the result, but I'm dearly hoping that we don't need to. There is a change, and we actually do record a one at Easter Road, and then we can get back to talking about Celtic marching on to the next round in the Scottish Cup. I say that with my fingers crossed here, by the way, John, at the weekend, so I one game at a time, sadly, um, at Easter Road. Massive, massive one for us. Hopefully we don't need to get together and bore the listeners with more negativity. But listen, we're just going to call it as it is and be truthful because we can't address it up any other way. Celtic and I are utter dog shit. And look, we're getting fed on and off the park. So if, I know people don't like it and people go on me huffsways on Instagram, whatever about it. And the main thing is that when I look at the pod numbers, John, yeah, the subscriptions on Spotify and iTunes keep going up and up and up. So even if you know people on social media hate the fact that what we do and what we say, the main thing is that the numbers keep getting up when it matters in your life, John. Yes, indeed. And thanks to all our subscribers for keeping the numbers going up. I mean, as I've said, and as I've said, I mean, we always tell the truth on here. We don't we don't sugarcoat it, so we we'll hopefully get invited to Celtic Park. I mean, no, we, we, tell, we, tell, we call it as it is. I mean, we're truth tellers. We're heroes, in fact. So, no, I mean, obviously we'd love to be talking about how brilliant Celtic are. We did do that when Andrew's manager. Look at all the podcasts we've done. Phone over, he praised the manager and the players, but no, I mean, we can't either now. But yes, yeah, Steve says we will be back at some stage in the next week, maybe after the Hibs game. Hopefully, hopefully not, and we've got a, a normal, easy win, and we can just look ahead to the St. Mirren game. And we will be back though after the St. Mirren game. We, we're round up by what's happening. Surely we'll be talking about two big Celtic wins. Who knows though? And yeah, uh, you can catch Stevie on Instagram at GigPod, and I'll do my, I will do a Rizzo predicts for the game against Hibs on Wednesday. I'll put it up, or Stevie put it up on Instagram. Maybe I will be more confident, but then who knows? And yes, we will be back uh, at some stage over the next seven days. And keep on subscribing, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. Our numbers are going through the roof, right? So we'll be back at some stage over the next seven days. Keep an eye on social media, and we'll, we'll tell you when. We'll speak to you all soon, and for the love of God, Celtic, get out of this malaise. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.